0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room special episode. My name's Adam.
1: My name is Jeremy, and I, too, am also special. You're
0: You're more episode than special.
1: Oh, okay. Episodic. I have episodes.
0: This one is titled X-Men and Alpha Flight, number one in a two-issue limited series. It's on sale September 10th of 1985 with a cover date of December 1985. It is $1.50, and it is titled The Gift. If you
1: could love the world without of a switch... Would you do it? Yeah, 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 if you could yeah, make yeah, everybody yeah. poor, just so you yeah. could be rich. I'm here to tell you that this definitely should have been number one in a four-issue limited series.
0: These yeah, I guess I guess it could have been broken up into parts. There was no real cliffhanger in the middle of episode one, though.
1: No, there wasn't. Uh, this is a very, very thick, uh, lengthy issue to read. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say.
0: Well, let's see. What is the cover price of a regular issue right now? Sixty-five cents. So...
1: Well, this was definitely like one of those 64-page... Thing of jobbers with all the advertise. I don't know.
0: So by making it a two issue double size, they made about forty cents per per two issues bought.
1: I mean, without ads, this thing is like forty six pages long.
0: Forty eight, according to the uh, sorry the, the the guide that I'm looking at. You're you're Getting correct. My math is poor. It's publishing information.
1: Forty eight pages. It's a lot of comic book. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so on the cover of this guy, you have on the front, anyways, you've got X-Men and one Alpha Flidian and a girl, some girl that we've never seen before. That's Jean Grey, isn't it? Uh, Well, it must be, because in the foreground, you see a fiery Cyclops, who I can only assume is uh, harnessing some sort of the Phoenix effect here.
0: I'm predicting that since we have a redhead, an unknown redhead on the cover, it must be Jean Grey... Back is the Phoenix Force, setting Scott on fire.
1: I think you're right. Uh, or, or if you flip to the back, you do see a picture of that trickster himself, Loki. So maybe Loki is manipulating all the X-Men to think they see the Phoenix for some dastardly deed, and somehow Alpha Flight's involved.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Alpha Flight's mostly just looking and pointing.
1: They're mostly on the back, yeah. You got, uh, the only Alpha Flidian you have on the front is a North Star, it looks like.
0: You don't have to call them Alpha Flitians. In this issue, they call them Elphins.
1: I don't like Alphins, I like Alpha Flitians. <laughs> I
0: don't like either.
1: Well, I don't care. The <laughs> team right, you
0: is, keep calling them Alpha Flitians.
1: Well, the team is Alpha Flight, but each member is an Alpha Flitian.
0: I would say that they're Alpha Flighters.
1: Mm, we have a disagreement.
0: But you stick with whatever you feel you are comfortable with and I will stick with probably not calling them anything.
1: <laughs> All right. And it's snowy out because it's alpha flight and it's got to be probably in Canada, right?
0: Or Alaska. I bet this takes place in Canada. Got to. Eh. Um we got in the Marvel box. Storm, Aurora, 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 Aurora. Uh Storm Aurora, Aurora, Kitty Pride, Heather, uh, what's her last? McDonald. Yep. Right? Is yep. that right? Yep. Uh, Sasquatch and Nightcrawler.
1: Interesting that Storm is on the cover. I guess uh, she will return for some reason to lead the X-Men in this mission. Maybe have oh, a little she... conflict with Nightcrawler and Cyclops.
0: That's an interesting point.
1: <laughs> no, actually, she's not in this issue.
0: No, she's not.
1: <laughs> so, spoilers. So, I don't know why they opted to put her in the Marvel box.
0: They cyclops was on the cover so they figured they couldn't reproduce him maybe notice none of the people in the the box are on the cover
1: that's true although sasquatch is on the back of the comic so he oh you're right he's the only one yeah because you don't see aurora and you don't see you don't see any of the other ones so he gets double billed for some reason he's super important
0: Hmm. They should have replaced Sasquatch with Guardian, who also is not in this issue.
1: Well, let's open up this thing here. Well, Guardian, isn't that James McDonald? He, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. So that would that would make even less sense.
0: Yeah, well, you know.
1: <laughs> no. How I much
0: d- less sense could it make? <laughs> no, Adam, I don't know. Less than none.
1: Yeah, so we open this thing up, and it's written by Chris Claremont, uh, Paul Smith, and Bob Wiasek are the artists. Tom Orzakowski's on the letters, Clytis Oliver's coloring, and Nocenti and Danny O'Neill are editing. And him, Schutter, is the editor in chief. This is based on a premise by him, Schuter, and Nocenti and Danny O'Neill. So those three must have been in a conference room and they're like, you know what we need? Alpha Flight and the X Men. I think powers. that was the
0: shooter's part. <laughs> Lots of powers. And then the other two, Ann Nocenti and Danny O'Neill, actually crafted a story.
1: <laughs> they're like, hey, Chris. Come here. We need you to write a script for this.
0: Heem was like, you know how I've been stirring up the mutant hatred? We need to really pipe that home by having a mutant team up crossover.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's mention the mutant hatred in that team up a lot. I'm telling you, the Marvel universe is never going to be the same.
0: So Glennis Oliver is back to being Glennis Oliver from her one issue off as Glennis Ween. <laughs> so they were jumping around in the timeline essentially.
1: When was she Glennis Ween?
0: In the during the annual.
1: Oh, okay, okay. But prior to that... Well, so we're all kind of goofed up in our timeline, right? Because the annual and this actually take page, bet- uh, take place between the pages of X-Men number 192. Yesish. ish So, well, so the way I... At least the little box here says that uh, after... God, what even happens in that issue other than X, uh, Professor Xavier getting mugged? Uh,
0: Well, in 192? In yeah. That's the issue where they... Uh...
1: Uh, Warlock's father shows up Oh Magus, okay Yeah, so between the events of Magus and the Professor being mugged All of this happens The annual and these two issues of Alpha Flight X-Men
0: Heck yeah so, and, and when we talk about New Mutants It'll be after X-Men 193 So we're just totally confused
1: So what you've already heard two episodes ago Hasn't actually even occurred in the Marvel Universe Whoa, it's crazy and wacky Whoa <laughs> <laughs> we, It's like we don't know what we're doing Next week, yep. we're going to be covering X-Men 300. <laughs> yeah.
0: We should do that
1: just for fun. It'd <laughs> be awesome. And then just go back. All right. Yeah. So, i uh, got a plane flying and kind of a uh, big sky with, I don't know, some explosions in the background. Or maybe they're just...
0: I think that's the Aurora Borealis.
1: Oh, sure. Because they're way up north in Canada, eh?
0: Eh. Hey.
1: <laughs> And uh, they're flying. Well, it's Madeline Pryor and Scott Summers, and they're flying some cargo to Canada. There's cargo and people. It's because. uh, uh, Madeline works for North Star Airways, which is the airline that's owned by Scott Summers's grandparents, or I guess adopted grand No, his grandparents. His-
0: have we ever seen Scott Summers's grandparents? <laughs> I, we've, we've mentioned them many times and the parents have met the grandparents.
1: Uh, I think, so. I can't remember if it was in the pages of classic X-Men, but I thought there was a, maybe not. I guess maybe we've only heard about them. Bizarre. I don't remember.
0: So a lot has happened since the last time we saw Scott. Um, Apparently, he, uh, let's see, last time we saw him, he got married, right? That's right. So I guess he and Madeline have taken over his grandparents' um, traveling towing line.
1: Yeah. I guess he hasn't officially hung up his X-Men membership, but he's definitely on a long-term hiatus. Indeed, eh? Yeah, so eh, well, they're flying. Uh, and Scott, he comes back to check on the uh, the, the passengers as well as the uh, the cargo.
0: We get a mild roster of uh, fairly unimportant people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, the only real importance here is uh, one of them hates mutants.
0: Yeah, there's a guy here who really doesn't like mutants for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's Canadian and Canadians hate mutants.
1: Yes, Canadians are known for their hatred and inhospitability inhospitability is that a word it is now sure it is so you this, heard it here first there's this is blonde guy who's trying to convince this french guy that mutants are just horrible
0: I don't know if there's like I'm, – I'm not too schooled on Canadians, but um, some of these are definitely French Canadians. Oh,
1: for sure, for sure. Because
0: uh, they're dropping like Cherise and je ne comprends, comprends, comprends pas, je ne comprends pas.
1: Yeah. So after this kind of like anti-mutant back and forth, because remember, we're trying to amp up that anti-mutant hysteria, Scott is thinking to himself, I'm a mutant, and if I took off my glasses, my eyes, my deadly eyes would smash you. To a pulp. To a pulp. But as Cyclops and X-Men, I used to defend humanity to protect people like you. Sometimes I wonder why I bothered.
0: We meet another fairly unimportant uh, crew member who likes books.
1: He's the counterpoint. He's he's an African-American gentleman. He's like, I hate listening to... People talk about hate. Reminds me of the old days. He's making a parallel towards, like, southern racism.
0: Racism's just racism, no matter what you do.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah. I
0: sure do like books.
1: You should read this book. You know what it's about? It's about a guy who turns his dreams to for the betterment of humanity, but every time he tries to make something better, it just makes things worse.
0: This book is actually on my to-read list. Really? Really? Lathe of Heaven. Uh, they also made a movie out of it, which which is one of those psychedelic '60s or '70s movies that is like crazy to watch.
1: Hmm. You should watch it, it. It's a it's a classic sci-fi. You should watch that movie and tell me if it's any good.
0: I've seen parts of it. Oh, okay. Um, and, but then he also talks about Ulysses by James Joyce, which is supposedly the great American novel.
1: Okay, I've not read either of those books. I don't read books. Adam, I read comic books.
0: Those are books. <laughs> comic got a book in the title
1: that's, that's right it says it right there second word yeah and then the black guy continues on with uh i've been with uh, madeline since the beginning and she's never been happier thanks for coming along scotty you're just what she needed
0: seems like you're pretty good for her eh? <laughs>
1: yeah scott's like yep she's good for she's... me too oh
0: wait i almost did a madeline there yeah she's good for me too
1: madeline calls original... <laughs> what's this guy's name i don't know <laughs> Do they even mention his name african-american guy <laughs> they uh, must mention his name i think sam uh, sam there it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> he has a name uh so madeline calls him up and scott's like they're trouble and she's like you might say that
0: Yeah, you've never seen atmospherics like
1: this she's not shaggy she's uh she's madeline pryor You do it your way.
0: I'll do it my way.
1: I really don't remember what my way is. I don't think my voice does that anymore. I think I might have broken that part of my uh, larynx.
0: Well, this is Madeline. It's not Jean. So even though it's been pointed out many times that she has the same voice, maybe she has slightly different tonations.
1: Sure. Sure. Slightly. Slightly. (laughs) Just a little bit. So Scott's like, hey, this reminds me of a caper that the X-Men and I were on. When Alpha Flight's Guy Shaman manipulated the Polar Weather Force to drive our plane over to Calgary. I wonder if he's behind all this crazy weather we're seeing.
0: Let's jump to conclusions.
1: I don't know, though. They're freelance, and their uh, leader, Guardian, died. So, I don't know. Somebody may want our survey stopped. So, I guess there's these people are surveying stuff, and maybe they've got survey equipment. Again, it doesn't matter.
0: They're Canadian surveyists. <laughs> there you they're, go. They're, essentially, they're scientists. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know, maybe that'll come into play, issue two. Not so much in this one. This issue takes place after Alpha Flight number 25. For those of you keeping track, the last issue I did was 22. You're so, way behind. So when I, when, when I do the next couple of
1: Alpha Flights, we'll be back in time again. There's parts of Manitoba that needs surveying, eh? Let's get this plane moving. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> and so uh, one of the engines goes out and madeline's about to uh call in a uh, mayday when for some reason she steals scott's line and says my eyes well she 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 does
0: do that and in fact but she does it because there's a extremely uh, bright light uh, white light bright white light that uh, emerges in front of the plane and and we cut away and, yeah. and cyclops instead of saying that's my line Those just are- says
1: Madeline, Those are my... Well, it's because he's mad. He's like, Madeline, that's my line. But that gets cut off as we cut to the next scene of Salem Center where Doug Ramsey is at a place called Ship Hero, which I'm guessing is an ice cream joint.
0: Yeah, it looks like some sort of ice cream parlor. And
1: he's talking about the dreaded mutant menace in a voice like that.
0: You can tell it's a voice like that because the word balloons drip towards the bottom.
1: Yeah. And, uh, there's a, there's a girl here who is of no importance. And then there's also Ileana and he's
0: flirting with girls and he's flirting with Ileana and he's
1: flirting with all the girls. He's like, let me kiss you. Now let me kiss you. And everyone's like, stop it. And she's like, ah, I'm going to come over and kiss you.
0: They're all laughing though. You know, it's not, you know,
1: he just won't let it go. Like none of these girls want to kiss you.
0: And then he goes and bites, uh, I guess fake bites, um, Ilyana's arm. I
1: uh, think yeah, it's, it's a playful I, I, bite.
0: Yeah, I guess they're, they they know each other well enough that he can get away with this.
1: Or not, because she pushes him away. She's like, get lost.
0: Well, I'm thinking that he's a, a very frail young man. <laughs>
1: well, right, of course.
0: And Ilyana's probably a little stronger than she
1: realizes. She, well, she's been through a lot, and Doug Ramsey's not been through much. So, yeah, he's on the ground, and all the girls now are kind of laughing and everything. And, and then he's like, oh, agony. But a kiss will make me better.
0: That's when Not-Colossus grabs him and says, You're lucky you aren't some sort of scummy mutant, Doug boy, or it'd be my
1: duty as a real human being to rip you to pieces. I guess this guy, uh, Larry is his name, has been overhearing the evil mutant menace, and maybe he's just getting tired of this guy trying to get kisses from all the ladies. And he also hates mutants, so maybe he's decided to make his stand and be like, Shut up. By the way, I hate mutants.
0: Larry is the uh, resident um, mutant hater. Yeah. He's, well, he's represented representing the mutant hatred in this issue. Well,
1: along with that guy in the airplane. maybe. Yes, maybe yes. They're, oh, they're, 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 it's thick. It's thick with it.
0: Oh, so yeah. many characters representing the mutant hatred.
1: And uh, he's about to pound Doug Ramsey, and Ilyana's like, let him go. And he's all like, who's going to make me Ilyana? And Ilyana starts glowing, which makes Larry afraid. And he's like, oh, okay. Here you go. Okay. It's cool. We're
0: cool. Well, I don't see. I, it's You would think that he would. I, I don't think he actually knows what's going on.
1: Right. She glows. In the, in
0: the, yeah. In the panel, she glows. But I don't think he sees her glowing. I think he just feels fear.
1: Right. This could be a spell. This could be any number of things. She didn't outwardly do any damage to him. But yes. Right. He's like, oh, all right.
0: Because otherwise, he, he'd be all like,
1: you're a mutie. However, on the next pa- or the next panel, they're like, "Let's get out of here." Uh, so they're they're definitely running away from the situation now. Uh, Doug's even like, uh, "The professor told us not to use our powers. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna explain that thing you did to Larry?" Telling them I used black magic. Ha 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 I make funny. <laughs> Anyways, they, it doesn't matter <laughs> because they teleport back to Salem Center and they hook up with Kitty. Who is in the midst of programming a danger room scenario? And by the way, that's the last we see of the new mutants in this issue.
0: When well, for we, the most part. did we establish that? Like, are they still going through limbo every time they go through a stepping disk of Illyanas?
1: I certainly or think has so. that I'm, just been dropped. Well, I don't think I don't think they make a big deal out of it now.
0: I think so. He, Doug's like, oh, there's limbo again.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there he's a new mutant at this point, isn't he?
0: I think he's a trial member of sorts. Right.
1: So one has to think that during one of their training operations, they did the whole teleport thing into Limbo and back. Where Leon is like, don't touch anything. (laughs) This will just take a second. By the way, you might see some things from the future because my powers are weird.
0: Well, presumably she's gotten control over the uh, time manipulation, at least.
1: Hopefully. So the X-Men, the rest of the X-Men, Colossus, Rogue, uh, Rachel, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler are in the danger room. And Kitty's uh, about to execute a scenario when Rachel doubles over in pain. And uh, she's getting a sci flash psy Flash! She screams. The computers kind of explode in Kitty's face, and Sentinels appear. So she has somehow
0: taken control of the Danger Room console. Yeah, and it's some sort of weird, uh, it's somehow her psyche is is becoming real. So uh, from the future, we have Sentinels, uh, like which the the captions say are real, um, appear out of nowhere, and Rachel is now one of those dog creatures the, a hound. the hound
1: Yep, and she there's a human counterpart who's like good work hound you let us ride to these muties and everyone's looking at her like what the hell even rogues like this is ray's future what was she helping the fence uh, slaughter her own kind and honestly wolf- is,
0: is quite a leap from of conclusion
1: like Right. Instead of, why does that man have a hold of Rachel? Let's save her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Wolverine, you know, being kind of the voice of reason, is like, ain't our concern right now, darling. Fastball special.
0: Nightcrawler's like, but I am the leader.
1: (laughs) How come I don't get any dialogue until way later in this comic book? Uh, Because honestly, I don't remember him saying a whole lot.
0: He says bamf.
1: I guess he gets a line on the next page. But anyways, yeah, Wolverine gets hurtled towards the Sentinel. Uh, he slashes at a shoulder. Rogue's up there. She's punching at him.
0: Before the Sentinels can draw a bead on Wolverine, Nightcrawler bamfs grabbing uh, Wolverine, brings him back to the ground. So they're a team. Yeah. Uh, they they mentioned that Nightcrawler is, in fact, Aurora's replacement as team leader. Uh, the Sentinel blasts Colossus's, uh, well, at Colossus, and he protects Rachel and it... Uh, messes up his shirt
1: <laughs> well yeah in his armored form he's able to protect rachel but not for much longer he thinks
0: it's a very important i br- I brought up the shirt for a reason
1: ah okay and uh rogue is she's flying around i guess she's i don't know where she's going but uh a sentinel appears right in front of her and she runs right into him
0: I will get you, Rogue.
1: Yeah, and she's like. Uh, apparently, they haven't <clears throat> talked about what what their powers are, because Rogue's like, "Betty, no, the fall won't hurt me none. But if my skin touches yours, Colossus doesn't move in time because he's slow, <clears throat> and he's no good with remembering whose powers do what." Rogue's well, I think
0: I think it's you know the X Men like to announce their powers. It's it's a trait. That started with Cyclops, and Wolverine does it, and so now I think everybody just does it. We sure do talk about our powers a lot, but I guess if
1: that's how it goes. I get that, but I mean, you would think that the professor would have like a daily briefing where they'd be like, this is what we're going to do today. And by the way, if rogues fall into the ground, just let her be, she'll be fine. Same goes for... Uh Wolverine and Colossus. The only people you really gotta worry about are uh, Nightcrawler. He's the only guy that if he falls, you gotta catch him. And even he, he might tell apart.
0: Realistically, if you're on a team with Rogue, you know what her power set is. That's kind <laughs> you, of important.
1: You'd probably be like, dude, don't touch her. But anyways,
0: I, I, <clears throat> Colossus is, you know, reacting. He's not thinking about what he's doing.
1: Sure. So uh Rogue slams into him, her 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 face touches his very muscular chest or arm or whatever that is. It's a weird shot yeah and uh she absorbs his powers and psyche uh, making him drop to the floor off panel by the way as a human who's completely vulnerable uh, and presumably she is all metal but we never get to see that
0: right so uh we we are learning the rogues powers that currently is that she can she can touch somebody for a mere few seconds and they will drop unconscious i don't think that's true
1: today I don't even yeah, well today, like twenty sixteen I have no idea. But in the in the in Marvel well, you know, it, it works to the plot. Like every now and then you can like touch for like a while and just take a little bit of the power and other times it's like an instantaneous touch and that person's dropped and all the powers go away. Right. Maybe it just depends on her health and her mood, you know. I guess. Anyways, uh Kitty calls out to the professor. Says, hey, man, we need some help. And he starts psychically monitoring the situation. uh, And eventually calms or stops uh, Rachel from projecting this future nightmare to the present. But... He allows her to maintain control of the computers because he feels that they can learn some things this way.
0: I'm leaving her her in telepathic charge of your computers a few moments longer so that she can use the Danger Room's holographic projectors to show us what startled her so. uh, Because later in the issue, I'm going to refer to what startled her so as something that I already knew about. I guess.
1: (laughs) And so we get a holographic projection of pretty much what we saw in the first couple of pages, the airplane, the lightning bolt, uh, Madeline, Cyclops, the engine blowing up, the wing exploding, and then the entire airplane crashing into the snow. Uh, Cyclops coming out of the wreckage. He's on fire. He's clutching at his eyes. He falls to the ground, and Colossus says, Cyclops. Nightcrawler says, Scott. But Rachel screams,
0: Daddy! Daddy! Daddy!
1: Yep. As she tries so, to caress his holographic body. Not caress, <laughs> but catch and cradle. Um, Cress would be creepy.
0: So this is got on fire from the cover, so Evil Madeline must be nearby.
1: Evil Madeline Phoenix. Right. Yeah. And the next page, we get Alpha Flight stuff. <laughs> Apparently Sasquatch has been having issues controlling his Sasquatchy inside whenever he transforms into sasquatch he feels less and less in control and uh, like he's gonna fall for his violent berserker rages um yeah classic hulk stuff pretty much what's her face uh aurora she's in there and she's like i got a cure for you she's trying to put the moves on sasquatch in his human form well he's got a massive
0: chest there too
1: heck yeah he does he's a super well so does she
0: <laughs> she's <laughs> this is a paul smith trait
1: she's got Heaving, heaving mounds. Shaman there, he's like, oh, this is all in his mind, Sasquatch. He's a biophysicist, so whatever he's determined, he's determined for himself. Hey, Heather, how's it going?
0: Things aren't good, are they? I can see it in your eyes. We need to talk. And then that's when Snowbird shows up and she's uh, she says, Uncava Bay, the death of us all. But yep. they're cut off as uh, a Phoenix-esque claw bird hand grabs shaman
1: a talon if you will
0: yeah that's a that's an even better word
1: now i I should have used question in the previous x-men pages have we seen rachel cast phoenix bird like uh signatures power signatures
0: great question
1: i don't remember I feel
0: like we have, but honestly, I'm not 100%. I am
1: skimming the last four or five issues, but I'm not seeing much. There was that whole issue where she was fighting Celine, some power signatures, but I don't see anything there. Okay, well, this may or may not be the first Rachel Phoenix power manifestation signature panel, or not. Anyways, yeah, so... Uh, it is Rachel, and Rachel, and, and, and when I'm first reading this, I'm like, okay, is this a premonition of, like, are they having a premonition of evil Rachel attacking Alpha Flight? But no, apparently the X-Men flew to Canada, and Rachel uh just started attacking Alpha Flight.
0: Yeah, what was missing was a caption that said, a couple hours later.
1: Yeah, or, or even a dialogue of the professor saying, load up the Blackbird, we're going to Canada! Something. But, anyways, yeah, so she... She comes in, she's she's attacking, uh, Sasquatch turns into Sasquatch, Aurora turns into Aurora, I guess, her, her little costume, she's flying around. Uh, Phoenix, well, I guess she's not Phoenix, Rachel detects the dual personalities within Aurora, which I guess is Aurora and Jean Marie, and transfers dominance to Jean Marie, which is, I guess, a frail, conflicted, confused woman.
0: Uh, very, uh, I think, very religious, too, but anyway.
1: Yeah, she's like, no, no. Once more, I find myself far from home. And the rest is that shameless trollop Aurora, dear Lord, in heaven, why do you torment torment me so? Will this madness never end? Will I never be at peace?
0: <laughs> what dialect is
1: that? Ah, uh, I don't know French ish <laughs> oh okay, Frenchish uh sasquatch is down. Um,
0: Sasquatch isn't down yet.
1: Oh no, no. She's uh, Heather's hand is stuck in Shaman's bag of holding. I guess it's right. sucking her in. Sasquatch and Puck come rolling in. They comment Rogue. on Jean Marie's person persona. Rogue shows up
0: and thinks to herself, "I hear screams. Ray, how could y'all be so cruel?" On the other hand, if it had been my daddy, would I have been acting any differently? And she gets attacked by a North Star. Jean Paul Bobois. who she immediately, well, in order to stop him, she kisses him, knocking him unconscious.
1: But she along with his himself. powers, I have also absorbed his memories, every particle of his being. I know his joy, his pains, his dream, and tears all his secrets. Does she know the secret? I
0: think so. I don't think it's happened yet in Alpha Flight, but I'm pretty sure they've been planting the seeds, and I think the the writers of Alpha Flight have known it.
1: Well, there's another page that will come up to that that doesn't solidify it but it sure throws uh some some fuel onto that fire
0: i think i know what you're talking
1: about you do and i don't think the the reveal came until like the mid 90s or early 90s anyway yeah. so yeah uh, i think they the writers were planting the seeds but i bet you they were just like i don't know i don't know if we're ready to do this yet so anyways yes uh for those of you who know you know and for those of you who don't i don't know keep listening <laughs> Uh, anyways, so yeah, they're, the Alpha Flight people are not happy with Rachel. Sasquatch comes in, he's ripping the building apart, and he's about to rip Rachel apart. But Rachel, she's like, you're, you do a lot of damage to the wall, but I'm not a wall. I ain't scared of you. Take your best shot! And that's when Charles Xavier shows up in a swank new mutants outfit. Has he worn this before? I feel I like he has. Do not think he has. He had his jumpsuit that had like an X a yellow X on it, big yellow oh, X. Yeah. But this is the first time I'm almost positive is the first time that the professor is in a essentially an X-Men trainee uniform.
0: Well, you know, he's an X-Men trainee.
1: Sure. I think it's actually kind of cool, kind of. Not really. I mean,
0: this will become eventually the classic uniform. Well, I- back in the 90s again
1: well yeah but i mean this is is just a variation on the original costumes right, right right but yeah anyways uh so the professor grabs rachel and drags her out into the astral plane
0: he literally yanks her psychic self out of her body
1: sasquatch is like aurora are you okay and she's like i don't know you're a monster get away from me because <sighs> she's still jean marie
0: Uh, Yeah, Shaman asked Nightcrawler to help pull the bag off of Heather's arm because her arm is disappeared halfway into the bag.
1: The weird thing about this issue is, like, there's a lot of things going on, but a lot of things just not shown. So, like... When the professor yanks Rachel to the to the astral plane, you kind of expect to see a couple of panels of like, don't do that. And Rachel just being, oh, you don't – I'm sorry. You don't understand. It's my dad. And alternate timelines and stuff. But really, uh, you get one panel and if you're not looking close, you don't even see Rachel because she's so small. I
0: hate this panel.
1: <laughs> and there's like this, rainbows behind him and stuff. It's bad.
0: This is like – this just makes the professor look like a huge jerk. <laughs>
1: How dare you? He does
0: not need to become giant size when he yells at her.
1: Yeah, that's. How dare you act in such a fashion? You're an X-Man. You have no right to tamper with another's mind, regardless of the provocation, even though it's really kind of my thing. Heed my words. I'm bigger than you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, and she's down there, and she's covering her eyes. And that's it. That's all you get. And I guess they return back from the astral plane. I guess Rachel's learned her lesson at this point. But the next six panels are going to be getting Heather's hand unstuck from the bag of holding. I guess three panels. Yes. And then they tend to Snowbird. And that's um, when
0: Talisman shows up because Talisman was the one who helped uh, get, just by showing up, she is able to get Heather's uh, arm out of the bag of holding.
1: Yeah. Professor returns to his body and he's like, look, uh, sorry about all this. And uh, yeah, Aurora. He he
0: returns Aurora back to uh, her regular self, or I guess not her regular self, but the, the Aurora
1: side Yep, and then they talk about Rachel picking up a psychic cry from Cyclops, uh, Cyclops who was implying that you had ambushed them and... Uh is This a shaman or talisman, one of the two. I think it's shaman. Shaman's like, that's not us. I would never do such a thing, even though I did it once before.
0: We're friends. You guys are my friends. Yeah, <laughs> at least I thought so.
1: And so, night Bir- snowbird wakes up long enough to say, "There's wrongness, grief, terrible, evil from Agave Bay." Heather steps up and she's like, "All right, well, let's let's get together. We're in Canada. It's a mutant issue." Let's okay, so up. this is
0: this is when the rest of the X Men show up, and here's how you can tell. That they left right from the danger room because Colossus's shirt is still torn from the battle in the danger room. Nobody was like, Colossus, go change your shirt or grab a shirt on the way to the, the uh the, the blackbird and change in there. No, they were like, We gotta hurry, there's no time for your shirt.
1: That that's good continuity. <laughs> You would think, though, that the X-Men would have an extra set of costumes on the Blackbird for such... And, I mean, they're flying from New York to Canada. It's got to be at least a couple-hour flight. Unless they're just going over to, like, what, Ontario? That would be, like, right over the border, wouldn't it? Poor Colossus, The whole mm. ride
0: over, he's like, I feel so silly.
1: <laughs> I'm half-naked in front of the girl I used to love. Oh, jaji if you could see me now. <laughs> and uh, they're like, well... Our blackbird isn't near big enough for so many people, but Puck comes to the rescue and says, Eugene Milton Judd will take care of everything. And I assume that that means Puck's name is Eugene Milton Judd? Yep. Nice. <clears throat> Elsewhere, Loki's talking to the people who sit above in Shadow, who well, can only imagine as a Thor thing.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, the guy in the middle looks like Odin, but he keeps referring to himself as the son of Odin, but maybe he does that... I don't know. I don't know how Thor works. I don't either. I mean, typically I wouldn't call myself the son of Odin if I was sitting in front of Odin. But, you know, who knows with these Thor people.
1: I I don't think Uh, that any of these people are Odin. But that's just me.
0: The, the gist of this is whoever these people are, they made a deal uh, with Loki. And Loki has to prove himself to them for some reason. And uh, he's going to do it by bringing everlasting peace to Earth. So Loki has done the deed. We don't really know what the deed is yet. But he did it on Midgard, uh, as you said, Earth. And now the console needs to see whether or not the deed is worthy of their approval.
1: So they fly in an airplane that's older than Nightcrawler, which, I mean, isn't Nightcrawler like 19 years old? I don't, I don't, I don't understand.
0: I don't understand what he says. Vintage Nightcrawler, eh?
1: Because Nightcrawler's like 19, which makes this plane, what, like 25 years old? That's nothing for an (laughs) airplane. But anyways, this is a huge deal to Nightcrawler. When I was in the circus, I flew around in brand new airplanes. (laughs) They were all younger than me. And Puck's like, uh, shut up. Here we go. We're flying.
0: She may not be pretty, but uh, she knows her way around the butch country. Oh, I can't do a Canadian accent all of a sudden. A <laughs> E.
1: Eh. Eh? So they're getting close to Ungava uh, Bay. And, uh, yeah. So Heather goes back to tell all the others. And she's pretty disappointed that she doesn't have any powers that she's just a normal human being an ordinary woman why is she even here why is she leading alpha flight this doesn't make any sense
0: it's tough she she mentions that if this caper if this is as lively as this caper gets i'll be eternally grateful
1: she she also says sorry about the cramped quarters fellas and i don't know if she's just trying to be ironic because there's a ton of empty seats in this airplane
0: Mm -hmm. um maybe there's no leg room
1: oh okay
0: for Colossus, who still hasn't changed his shirt.
1: Yeah, uh, Sasquatch is still he's still stewing about the whole Rachel incident, and Rachel's sitting in the back, and she's kind of like, oh, man, everyone's so mad at me.
0: Uh, Aurora is stewing. Oh. Sasquatch is trying to calm Aurora down. Got it. Uh, Kitty kind of is like, well, I, I kind of see your point. You kind of acted like a jerk, but she's overacting a little bit.
1: Lockheed seems to have an opinion on this. He's with us, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lockheed, relax.
0: This is none of your business, so keep your nose out of
1: it. Don't know why, but, but uh, yeah. So uh, Heather comes and talks to Rachel. Rachel wishes she could take it all back. And uh, Heather's like, boy, I know how that goes. I could have saved Mac, damn it. Which I
0: don't even think is true.
1: Apparently in Alpha Flight number 12. So yeah, I,
0: I covered that one, but i that's not the way that I saw it. Hmm. I think they're retconning, sort of, the details.
1: Heather goes to talk to Wolverine. Wolverine's, of course, got a flask, flask of liquor, and he's smoking. Uh, and, and he's like, hey, Heather, you want some coffee? Something stronger? You look like you could use some.
0: I don't have coffee, but this flask
1: here's got whiskey in it. <laughs> lots and lots of booze. It's Canadian whiskey. You'd like it. hey. You know, Mac always intended you to lead Alpha. Eh, yeah,
0: I got other responsibilities, uh, obligations, the Geary, they call that in Japan. I got uh, to both the X-Men and, and another that's as important to me as Mac was to you. Uh, I give Charlie a hard time to keep him honest, but the X-Men are my home and my family. I won't walk out on them.
1: We were, one, yeah, we were once family, and you're like, yeah, you are, but the rest of Alpha flight, Alphans. Alpha Flidians are only friends. It's a big difference.
0: The rest of the Flighters.
1: Puck speaks the same way about Alpha. He has a lot more faith in me than I do. The Midget's good. Got instincts. Uh, got good instincts, darling. Trust him. You watch your mouth, bub. You ain't that flaming tall.
0: Nothing, I worry mostly about North Star.
1: Nothing worried about Midget. <laughs> Isn't that uh, I think that's politically correct in this day and age, isn't it? Well, it's still rude. Uh yeah, so it worries about uh North Star, he's flying ahead. Hey by the way, where's Rogue? Something like that. Wolverine's like, oh, Rogue's tagging along with uh North Star. And that's when Heather's like, She did what? John Paul teamed with a woman? Especially her? Logan, they'll kill each other.
0: So you now now we at this point in Elf of Flight, I'm pretty sure that we know that John Paul is sort of a ladies' man, but he kind of is not really about the ladies. It, I don't know. It's it's so, the ladies the ladies constantly come to him, but he doesn't come to the ladies.
1: Got it. So is Heather like? Oh, she's gonna fall for him because he's so handsome and such a ladies' man. Or everybody knows John Paul hates women.
0: I, it's hard to tell because she she follows it up with Logan. They'll kill each other.
1: Well, but that's because like you sent her out with a woman, uh, but especially that woman because. Rogue absorb his powers, which was probably you know probably made yeah. pretty mad, so, right? So,
0: so you can read it however you want. I'm I'm reading it as either Heather knows the secret, uh-huh. or um, or she thinks that Rogue is going gaga for my, for uh, North Star.
1: Yeah, so they have kind of a little heart to heart. Go away, I'm not going away. Let's talk. I absorb your powers. I know your secrets. I got Even issues that,
0: too. That uh, that Rogue speaks French. By way of Mississippi Bayou Country.
1: Yeah, and I'm almost certain that this is the only time she's ever spoke French in a Marvel comic. She's
0: never had a need to otherwise.
1: And <laughs> she never will have a need to. But she definitely knows French. So whatever.
0: I think she's totally into uh North Star, which if she knows his secret makes no sense.
1: I don't think she's into him. I think that Look at this pose. She's like sprawling out on the rocks. Hey there, cutie. Maybe she knows because there's no fear. Yeah, maybe. Like I can just be me with with uh, no uh, ulterior motives. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, they they talk and eventually he's like, uh, "I'm a mutant without my super speed, I am nothing. I have nothing, eh?" <laughs> That's funny. Without mine, I'd be everything. And uh, North Star. Yanks a piece of hay that rogue somehow has in her mouth, and he's like, "Hey, where'd you get this?" You
0: know, the other side of those mountains, there's a whole field along the bay, and if you turn the page, there's also something that I I don't know how I missed it, but we'll get there. <laughs>
1: I don't know how this could happen, eh? It's midwinter. The weather's way too harsh for this. There shouldn't be there. Stay here, because you're a girl, and I'm a guy. I'm going to go over there.
0: I'll bring the others. What am I doing? Why didn't I simply return home? Oh, man, I'm, I'm not.
1: <laughs> I guess Banshee is now uh, part of Alpha Flight. <laughs> Here's
0: the thing. When I'm in Canada, I can do a Canadian accent, like, like killer. Mm-hmm. But on this show, I can't do it at all. Uh,
1: crazy things. So yeah, she goes and flies, and then she's thinking about Aurora, uh, or Night uh, Northstar's thinking about or- Aurora, and apparently um, there's a divide between the two, even though they're trifuting. They're they're yeah, they're having some fights, having some issues. Anyways, back in the airplane, uh, they, uh, I don't know, I guess they got the message from, from uh, Northstar because they're going to go land into that uh, field. Uh, I don't know what the plan was for Rogue, but when Rogue shows up at the field, Northstar's like, what are you doing here? I told you to wait on the ridge. She's like... Everyone's coming here. Why do you want me on the ridge?
0: Uh, Northstar thinks that whatever they are seeing in the field is going to attack Rogue. Mm. And Rogue is like, I can take care of myself. I'm tough.
1: Yeah. But I'm
0: flattered. You care. So they land. I I figured, though, since I'm pretty much near uh, invulnerable, I'd give the opposition an easy target and see if they'd take a shot. So she was trying to code whatever we can't yet see on um, to attacking her to see if they were friendly or foe
1: they land nightcrawler steps out of the airplane and he sees what rogue and i guess probably northstar has already seen which is a giant castle one thing i guess we did skip at the very beginning I don't know if this is important for the second issue or not, but uh, one of the passengers on Madeline and Scott's airplane was an architect slash engineer and liked to doodle magnificent um, physics defying structures. And he said something about, "Oh, if only this world weren't bound by the laws of physics and bound by the laws of magic, I could have these wonderful structures." So, based on what we're going to find out, I'm I'm thinking that this is one of his structures come to life.
0: That was definitely a reference to, uh, you know, Thor and stuff. Yeah. But what's weird is that, like, they're in the Marvel Universe. Who would say that in the Marvel Universe?
1: Right. Well, right. I don't know. Just the other
0: day, (laughs) (laughs) something showed up that was completely magical.
1: Yep. In a world where Doctor Strange exists... (laughs) So they they land, they see this thing, they're like, that's crazy. Well, let's go up to it, see what's going on. It's
0: like Summer, says somebody, and someone else says, no, it's like Scott.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because who walks up to them but Scott?
0: Not just Scott, Jeremy. It's Scott in a fancy new uh, uh, outfit with... With with real live eyeballs.
1: My deadly eyes aren't deadly anymore.
0: Now the X Men must have agreed at some point to call them elfins because they all just kind of have been doing this throughout the issue.
1: Yeah. Why are they calling them elfins?
0: Well they probably had a similar argument that we had. Should we call them Alpha Flitians? Alpha Flighters? And somebody just said, Let's just call them elphins. Hmm. And the X Men, unlike us, were like, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> cool. We can we can we can do that. So yeah, everyone's surprised about Scott's eyes, and and Cyclops is like, "I'm completely cured. My optic blasts work the way they're supposed to by my mental direction. I'll never need my ruby quartz glasses or my visor again." That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But how? It's a miracle. I'll show you soon. But first, should come and take a look around. Rachel. Rachel
0: thinking to herself, "You should. You should say something." You should say, hi, I'm Rachel, your daughter from another timeline. Oh, I can't.
1: (laughs) That'd be weird. All I can remember is my dad died. Kitty senses the conflict. She Uh, looks
0: so sad. This must be awful for her.
1: So Cyclops and Heather shake hands as two team leaders, I guess. Hey, Professor, who's the shy redhead?
0: Something about her seems strangely familiar.
1: That's Rachel. Rachel. She's been working on her power. She has no code identity yet, but she will next issue. As
0: Rachel reaches out to all of the X-Men and says, Don't tell him! Yeah. X-Men, keep my secret. Cyclops mustn't find out who I am until I tell him.
1: Cyclops is like, Rachel? (laughs) What are you telling me? No. Everybody but Cyclops hears that. So they come into this giant structure, both teams led by Cyclops, and uh, uh, he's going to be... I don't know. It's gonna introduce him to, uh, to the, the teams to the gang. The gang that's here at this big castle.
0: Why is Nightcrawler crawling?
1: Well, Paul Smith didn't know what else to do with him. I don't and know. Why hasn't Colossus gotten a shirt yet? Yeah, I mean they were able to stop off for Nightcrawler to get a hat and a jacket. Yeah, a little well, captain hat for him.
0: You'll find out in a few pages.
1: <laughs> so, dear listener. <laughs> They do get introduced, and basically what has happened is all of the folks that were on the airplane have, uh, well, first of all, they've been given swanky costumes.
0: Yeah, these are awful.
1: They're pretty bad.
0: Um, I mean, they're kind of cool. I like the designs, but the
1: colors are all over the place. And a redheaded woman from the cover of the comic says, Welcome, dear friends, to what we hope and pray is the shape of our world to come. And Earth, whereon its children, human and mutant, both live together forever in peace. Indeed. Uh, And this is when we find out that this redheaded woman is Madeline. The professor says, Whoa, Madeline, you've changed. Do you find Scott with eyes creepy? A little bit. (laughs) He just doesn't look right with the eyes. Uh, Scott wasn't joking when he called this a miracle. We've all been blessed with gifts too magnific- magnificent to describe. So all of the people that were on the airplane have been granted superhero abilities, and the one ability that Madeline will demonstrate multiple times here is her ability to heal people,
0: which is presumably how uh, she, uh, how Cyclops got his thing. Right? And she she healed him. Um, did you, have you ever played the, the escape from monkey Island or <laughs> any of those games?
1: No, it's weird that you mentioned that. Cause I was just talking about that game at work today,
0: oh, but no, God. I've what never played
1: it? it. It's a like point and click Lucasarts game, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. classic. Never played it.
0: Um, the main hero in that is Guybrush Threepwood.
1: Okay. And
0: he looks like Cyclops.
1: Oh, right. Well, I never played it. So I, I can't say, oh yeah, <laughs> or I could fake, uh, fake, uh, um uh, Fake it and say, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, Adam. I remember that. He he sure does. He's the guy that gets the skull on Monkey Island,
0: right? Maybe not in the earliest episodes where it was still very, uh, the graphics were not quite together. But by the the time they figure out what Guybrush Threepwood looks like, it looks like Scott Summers. There you
1: go. So, I was not aware that dwarfism was a disease, but I guess it is? I thought it was just a condition, like...
0: I don't know, but apparently in Puck's case, it is a terrible curse, uh, so maybe it's killing him slowly.
1: Well, that's what... I don't know about the killing him slowly, but maybe. He thinks to himself, well, how can she know? Uh, She says that she can heal uh, both, I guess, the the disease and the curse. Maybe he is cursed, maybe that's... Part of his power or something.
0: Apparently he's in constant pain.
1: Yeah, so she she heals him. He is able to grow towards uh, normal person uh, uh, attributes, or size rather, and the pain goes away. The pain is gone. Yeah. Whoa, he says!
0: Now, in the pages of Alpha Flight, they don't ever mention this. Okay. As far as I can remember.
1: Maybe you would have to refer to the Puck Limited series for this information. Yeah. <laughs> OK, <laughs> you know, if somebody would write it and uh, he points out that he's at eye level with Heather and uh, he, he kind of trips over himself. And Madeline's like, oh, oh, oh. I'm afraid, Puck, your next few days will be something of an ordeal while your body accustoms itself to its new dimensions. <laughs>
0: he's, he's got sort of a crush on Heather, but he's oh. too too uh, noble a guy to uh, to go after a girl who just lost her husband.
1: Seeing you walk again, hearing you laughter is thanks enough. We've never met, but, you know, it's cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it turns out that when Scott was healed in a similar manner, uh, that is what Rachel saw in her psi flash. Right. Um, Where does the professor mention that he also saw that? I
1: think we missed that. Uh if Scott was healed in a similar manner then what i saw in my side flash and all the grief i caused such recriminations are needless rachel i don't know maybe he hasn't done it yet but, but... next rachel, or next madeline heals uh sasquatch because you know he's getting this whole rage thing and uh, apparently she heals that out of him so he can he can tr- transform from from dude to sasquatch and has no fear of losing his his cool
0: and while he is on the healing fire he grabs aurora and also heals her um so it's a twofer
1: yeah and and she's no longer she's not jean marie or aurora she's just her
0: she's both she
1: is jean marie who is aurora who is jean marie yeah this is great i feel whole eat Estu mon cœur. I don't know what that means, but and you, my man, man, my Sasquatch, uh, Sasquatch hurls her up in the air really far. <laughs> I feel great, eh? <laughs> he looks
0: up, yo, babe. What's supposed to what goes up supposed to come down?
1: Where are you? <laughs> and then, Sa- or uh, shaman, he's like, oh, could such wondrous talent aid uh, Narya Snowbird? Wait a minute, where is she? How could I have been so careless? I forgot her in the airplane. We gotta go get her.
0: friends. Something has happened to Snowbird. She must still be in the plane. I gotta go get her. But uh, Aurora has already done so, and she returns. There's no sign of Snowbird anywhere. Wolverine says, I'll find her.
1: uh, And there's two other guys, Pathfinder and Boyd Wilson. I don't know, these are two guys from the airplane.
0: Boyd Wilson was the mutant hater guy, and Pathfinder was the guy he was talking to.
1: Okay, so... Ooh, it's not going to happen in this issue, but maybe there'll be some double-cross later on. So, Boyd
0: Wilson's power is he has dominion over the animal kingdom. I don't know what a pathfinder is, but...
1: I'm guessing just a tracker of some kind.
0: He's able to find
1: paths? Yeah. We'd like to come along. After all, it's because of uh, us, you people, came up here. We feel responsible. And three of us can cover a lot more ground faster than uh, a loner. Suit yourself, Rodriguez. I don't know if we
0: mentioned it, but all the people from the plane are here and yeah. they're wearing costumes. I think we probably did. I don't know.
1: They're, they're big intro splash. I covered the fact that these are all the airplane people from the very beginning. Okay. So, yep, they carry on. Uh, I think... The professor thinks to
0: himself, fascinating. Each member of Madeline's party has been raised to their ultimate human potential. They have become true homo sapiens superior.
1: Some lady comes out who I guess is older.
0: Yeah, she was sleeping on the flight, oh, and right. yep. she was the one that they talked about as being the cook. And she sees uh, that colossus, who now has a undershirt. So he must have picked up an undershirt. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, he's got like like super tight skivvy type undershirt. Uh, she.
0: Grabs him, and she also grabs Sasquatch, and says, "I don't serve ragamuffins at my table, and Puck, especially when my talent extends to providing clothes as well as
1: food." Yeah, Puck also had a ruined costume, so she transforms. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks like just those few people's clothing. Although it looks like the North Star has been transformed into Rachel.
0: Well, they're they're moving. You see how the oh, guy, the big the, the big guy, turns and moves away. Everybody's walking.
1: Got it. Got it. So they're okay. Uh, Everybody else gets a nice new costume. Well, I guess it's just Puck, Sasquatch, and uh, Colossus, rather. Yeah. And so... uh, Cute
0: outfit, Peter. It suits you.
1: Yep. And so Rogue comes up and she's like, Excuse me, Madeline. Look, y'all know I've got no control over my powers. I don't know if that qualifies as a sickness or anything.
0: It costs nothing to try, Rogue. I think the professor is uh, thinking to himself, Man... I wish I brought Aurora.
1: Maybe I could heal her powers back.
0: Uh, Speaking of Aurora, we forgot to mention that Ilyana uh, read a letter from Storm from Africa.
1: So she's in Africa now. That's right. That happened a lot earlier. But Yep. Uh, so Rogue hands out, or puts out her hand, Madeline takes it, uh, she is engulfed in fire, and now she doesn't feel any different, and, uh, Northstar comes up and says, well, if you want to try it, you can try it on me, and, uh, Rogue goes in for, uh, touches him, and nothing happens, and then kisses him. The boy's got
0: guts, nothing's happening, I'm touching him, and nothing's happening!
1: You can only assume that they go off to the side, she's like, this might be my only chance! (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, oh, right. But you know my secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'll help out. Don't tell anybody though. <laughs> um, and uh, s- the professor
0: and Madeline, uh, whose name is Anodyne now. Yes. And Scott are sitting in some super comfy chairs. I just wanted to point that out. Very comfortable looking. They're big white furry beanbag chairs.
1: Uh, the professor Cyclops Scott is like, yeah, you know, it's it's cool. You know, there's no there's nothing uh, ul- ulterior motive wise going on. You could scan our minds, do whatever you need to. We're just as surprised as you are. So the professor does reaches out. He's like, yep, there is nothing else going on here. Um, the question remains ultimately. How much do they know as far as what's going on? And then he gets a couple of question marks, and he's like, oh! Some- oh my! It's a small wonder, Cyclops, when I scan for two minds and find three! Madeline's blushing. Cyclops and- is like, what are you talking about? What's going on?
0: <laughs> Which is like the worst line <laughs> i can I just found out I'm a dad. What's going on?
1: <laughs> Madeline, that's great! You're gonna have a baby Rachel also is shocked Is it the girl that'll grow up to be me? Why didn't you tell me? I wasn't sure until
0: my transformation to anodyne and then I decided to wait until my healing powers made certain he wasn't affected by it. Congratulations hero, your son's going to
1: be perfect. Rachel's like Son? A oh boy? But I was first born and only child. That means whatever happens, I'll never be. In this timeline, this era, Rachel Summers can never exist.
0: She drops her plate of food and it smashes on the floor and she drops her glass of wine and she runs out. Rachel! What the? What the? (laughs) uh,
1: Kitty chases after her. Professor's like, follow her, shadow cat.
0: Lockheed too.
1: Lockheed's with her as well, yep.
0: Talisman also goes, and uh, uh, Shaman asks Talisman to go with them, and Talisman's like, why? And she says, well, you know, they're our teammates, and we look after our own, and it's a good opportunity to explore.
1: Yep, so she does. I'm gone, pop! She runs off. Uh, One of the airplane dudes is dressed up like a, I don't know, big, like, silver samurai-like guy.
0: Well, this is the guy that was the artist that you mentioned and he reveals that he built the citadel
1: oh yeah okay
0: so yes you were you were correct all of his fancy designs are what made this fancy place
1: perfectly safe there's nothing in it that can hurt anyone uh sam the black guy that we met he's like you see professor carla can feed the world paul how is it there's no limits to the good we can do and your gift mr ross I'm sort of a living library. Through me, because I like to read books, as I talked about on the airplane. The knowledge of the ages, every book ever written, every story ever told is yours for the asking. Books. Remember? I'm the book guy. At the moment, I've but a single question. And he never gets to answer the question, but I guess the black guy, Sam, here, he's like, and here, sir, as I promised, is the answer. Call it what? our magic fountain. I think that's I. Well, whatever. I I think it's Sam.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Well, it's a guy with a staff.
0: I originally thought it was uh, Cyclops, but now that I'm looking at the silhouette, I think you're right. It's Sam.
1: It reaches from the roof of the sky to the heart of the world.
0: Everybody is astonished, and then they realize that somebody down the... Uh, well, there, there is basically a big light in the middle of a mountain and a tiny little railway leading out to it. It's very Star Wars.
1: Yeah, yeah, bottomless pit, I would assume.
0: And they are they see that somebody is walking out on the ramp, and it's Heather uh, Northstar. Speeds over and says, "What are you doing?" Or uh, what? Uh, you better do this. One. <laughs>
1: What are you doing, woman? Where are you going, eh? Well,
0: that was pretty banshee too. You're losing it. You're losing it.
1: <laughs> uh, what, are, what are you doing, eh? I don't know, woman. Where are you going? You're right. Ah, it's, I'm losing it.
0: <laughs> it's it's too hard when we're recording for some reason. Do
1: you want to play some hockey? Where are you going, woman? Yeah, I sure would <laughs> like to play some hockey, actually.
0: Where are you doing, woman? Nancy, nope. no, I lost it as soon as I try to
1: read the dialogue. Yep. <laughs> and she's like, uh, "I'm. I need some powers." So, I'm going to walk into this thing. The light is singing to her, and so she walks in.
0: Um, Who is that? Oh, uh, Sasquatch says, I hear no music, no summons. And the uh, architect guy says, it's because you already have your gifts, Linkowski. Your special talents. You don't need any more.
1: So, she walks um, in. Actually, she walks out. She's got, like, a big bird costume thing on. And she's what, is, like,
0: what is Puck's power?
1: Uh, he's an acrobat. Okay. He's <laughs> just a short, maybe strong acrobat i think is his power all right and so she walks out she's got a bird helmet on big old cloak and she's now she's taller she walks up the puck and she's like oh dear eugene you're smaller than me again a eh?
0: seems like near everyone is less
1: what's your power eh i'm not sure but i think to lead to be the world's guardian as my dear mac tried so hard to be uh, professor, do you realize the implications The Fantastic Light has the capability of making everyone on Earth a super-powered being like us? This must be Terrigan Mists. <laughs> oh, wait, think of it. The mutants will no longer be outcasts. There'd be no more need to hate or be hate
0: So it would seem, Nightcrawler. So it would seem. It's the goal I've sought my entire adult life. Why then am I so suspicious? Will it, what will it take to put my doubts to rest?
1: Just then, without warning. Oh, my Professor Xavier, what's happened to Shaman? Asks Guardian, formerly Heather. And we see that out of Shaman's bag, demons are flying out uh, and grabbing at Shaman.
0: Which I don't really get. I don't either. Um, So it's explained that uh, Shaman doesn't have powers, but he has a connection to his magic bag. And for some reason, the magic bag is freaking out. And all of these creatures are, I don't know if they're coming out of the magic bag or if they're coming out of the depths of the mountain to get the magic bag. But at any rate, what happens is the uh, um, Heather grabs the magic bag, tosses it to Aurora and Northstar, and they run away. And all the creatures that are attacking Shaman follow them out of the mountain. And when they come back, Shaman is near dying and Anodyne slash Madeline cannot heal him.
1: Yeah, I think they threw the magic bag far away into the snow. Yeah. And they come back, and you're right. So there's shaman's in pain, he's hurt, and Anodyne, Madeline, cannot heal him. Forgive me, Alpha Flight, but Michael, too young man, is dying. The
0: pouch is his gateway to myriad realms and states of being. It somehow keeps them all contained, providing an orderly framework to a universe of transcendent chaos. But now those barriers have been broken down. The madness is loose to consume both Shaman and his world, so they all these creatures did come out of the bag, oh, yeah, which I guess you can see them coming out of the bag,
1: and that's it, uh that's the end of the issue, yeah, yeah,, eh? so those that was,
0: that was interesting,
1: interesting, um, I don't know,
0: some cool stuff with rachel and and Scott,
1: yeah, I mean I guess that's really your your and Nathan
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I guess he's as yet unnamed. But yeah, um, did we know at this point that Rachel was? Yes, we did. We knew that, the, yeah, 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 because there was it, that whole, the phone call, yeah, that one issue that uh happened. So, so there's no new information there, but this is the first time that she's meeting uh Cyclops, although it, uh, she, I mean, she hasn't yet connected and said,
0: Wait, it turns out that Madeline is that voice that I heard on the phone that I thought was my mom,
1: <laughs> right uh and then baby we got the baby drop here so yeah i don't know it's a it's, a, it's an okay story i, I don't know <laughs> lots of lots of alpha flight stuff yeah i mean i guess maybe that's probably what they're trying to do is maybe they're like Ugh, sales of alpha flight are slumping let's get some x-men in there uh, uh and uh yeah so i don't know It's a mixed bag for me mm, i
0: liked it it was cool i like i like the fact that it was double-sized, but it didn't feel too like they were... It didn't feel like any of it was filler. I and mean, parts of it were slow, but...
1: There was a... Well, there was parts that were slow, and then there were parts that probably could have been filled, those slow parts, with, you know, show us, don't don't tell us. But uh, the end, there's a lot of confusing things. Like, the end just kind of happened, and I wasn't entirely sure uh, what was going on.
0: Yeah, it didn't feel much like a cliffhanger. No.
1: So there you go. Uh... Yeah, we got uh, got some letters, I guess
0: on the f- on our website. Uh, Charles Close Shave Xavier says, "Enjoyed the fancy pants live stream of episode two hundred. You're fast approaching the era of Claremont's second X Men Renaissance, which I'll be curious to see slash hear those podcasts. Dazzler does get marginally better, starting with number thirty eight, though it is." A series not long for the world of 1985. When the classic X Men reprints start, will you be revering, reviewing the Claremont penned backup stories? You want to answer that one? I think we already have, haven't we? We did. Um, so you will have to go back to the episode that I think starts with issue 95 or 94, or maybe even Giant Size. Um, we, we do the backups that are, that are, that are connected to the stories that as they were released. So if, if the reprint of Classic X-Men was issue 98 and that had a backup, we did that when we did the actual issue 98
1: correct uh, as far as I know when classic x-men switched over to x-men classics uh, there uh, they dropped the backup stories yes so, those are backup correct. stories that we're not aware of and I, I don't think that that's the case we've already covered them and boy you're not missing much
0: <laughs> they were you know they were they were they were they had great art
1: oh my god those were the worst eight pages I would read on those weeks I would dread it
0: <laughs> but they had good art
1: uh, some of them did the early ones had good art but then uh, what's his face uh, he got other opportunities and other fill-in artists came in anyways yeah there you go and fellas uh,
0: uh, it, it, oh go ahead
1: yeah he goes on to say uh you're great thank you but the ek shavier and gyrich pronunciations are analogous to the slow grading um, analogous Analogous to The slow grading of Shin- Shiniqua-esque fingernails Across a dusty chalkboard I So I had to think about this Like I am definitely The Guyrich guy Because that's how I pronounced it as a kid Henry Peter Guyrich.
0: Okay You say Xavier It's Xavier
1: I do say Xavier But I don't say Ex Xavier
0: Neither of us say Ex Xavier But <laughs> I, think right. he, I think He's referring to your are saying Xavier
1: Yeah And it should be Xavier, Xavier.
0: But honestly, I probably do it too. And I probably only do it because you do it. And I'm not even thinking about it.
1: Again, all of this harkens back to when I originally uh, read X-Men and phonetically pronounced a lot of this stuff for myself. So Xavier has always been Xavier and probably will never stop being Xavier. I apologize for those fingernails, but I can't help being me. (laughs) <laughs> and uh i think you and i had a conversation about guy Rich being guy rick
0: yeah we did and um but that's not going to change
1: either he's Henry, we, yeah, he's guy from here on out
0: and he even says naturally i fully expect you to continue to torture your listeners
1: you betcha <laughs> uh so now that we've acknowledged that we know what it's supposed to be and that we're not changing uh deal with that now we've also <laughs> talked about my various mispronunciations uh uh, as i was in uh, when i originally read the x men for example uh i didn't know how to pronounce rogue right that's a hard name there's all those vowels she was either roge rogue uh but i never I came could. up yeah yeah there were some other ones too that i can't remember that i just completely uh, and utterly mispronounced uh kitty pride i'd always call her kitty purd even though the the consonants and vowels are not lined up in that configuration that's just how i read it
0: uh, we both. I uh, do. We both do Magneto.
1: Definitely, I was a Magneto uh, until we either talked about it, or maybe the movies probably straightened us out on that one. I think it was the movies. Yeah, probably, or maybe even the the cartoon. The cartoon probably straightened us out.
0: And there, there are some things that I still like. I, I would. Uh, I was doing Valkyrie, and you kept saying it's Valkyrie.
1: Oh. Uh, I always pronounce uh, the robot that came back in time as Nimrod, and that's not going to change either. <laughs> <laughs> And uh Maester Mould, right. So I, I got those.
0: Sometimes we pronounce him shooter as Jim Shooter. That's I don't a, know where that comes from. A
1: terrible mistake. Uh yeah. yeah that that's fingernails across a dusty chalkboard. Um. Yeah. Uh. So, Dazzler. Yes. Starting with number thirty-eight should get better, but I think it ends at forty-two. So, won't on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm guessing. I'm curious what you think the the second X Men Renaissance is. Are we thinking that the first? now I guess it can't be a first Renaissance, but the the first rise to uh, prominence would be the claremont Jim uh, John Byrne run, and then it, it lulls, and now maybe when we get to the uh, um, the two hundreds. Yeah, who's the guy that compliments Dan Green?
0: Uh, Mark Silvestri?
1: Yeah, Silve- when we get to this, is the Silvestri-Green-Claremont stuff, is that like the second Renaissance? Because, I mean, that's what I started with, so it's obviously one of my favorite or favorite runs.
0: Yeah, where are they? They're in the Australian Outback?
1: Well, prior to that, like like basically 198 to, for me it's going to be like 198 to about the Reavers, and then things kind of go off the rails. Okay, But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see how that plays out. On the Facebook, we had Gabe uh chime uh well yeah he he, uh, he sent us an illustration
0: yeah and and he sent us it a while back and we haven't we haven't actually talked about it uh check out the check out the facebook speaking of mispronunciations i always mispron- uh, mispronounce his name uh gabriel
1: i usually pronounce his name jabe and that's my bad <laughs> uh but yes um, he, there's a there's a video right of him of him drawing that uh yeah there there was there's
0: uh, that's that that goes even farther back uh there's a video where he kind of does uh, some, some uh, what is it, stop camera animation mm-hmm. of drawing that, that doesn't show the completed uh, illustration, but the completed illustration is now on our Facebook and um, you guys should check it out. It's, it's really cool to have uh, such talented fans.
1: It's it's super awesome. He does say, though, that the original inked page will cost us and uh, it's probably a good thing that that he's not going to give it to us because if he did Adam and I would have to fight over it, which would probably end the danger room. So yeah, you
0: could, you could threaten everything.
1: <laughs> that's right. So keep it. Uh, we will, we'll be happy to have our JPEGs or, uh, but yeah, super sweet. Thank you very much for that. It, it is awesome. Um, and that's it. So if you'd like to get in contact with us, please do so by visiting us at www.xmenpodcast.com, facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast. Follow us at danger room. Go. Uh, or you can email us at Danger Room at com. You can find us on iTunes. Go in there, type in Danger Room. will be the first podcast that shows up. And you could leave us uh, some stars or a review. In fact, it's been, oh my gosh, like April, I think, is the last uh, review we got. So, So it's October. It's November. Let's get a review out there. Let's get some activity. We don't want those iTunes people to think that we've gone dormant, do we?
0: I think we've only gotten two reviews in 2016.
1: Wow. Is that That's it, Adam? Sad. Have That's we, sad. Have we peaked? Are we on I the th- downhill? I think we did. The downhill
0: slope? I think we peaked at the drink recipes Whew. and um now we're on our way out.
1: Well, folks, if you're still out there, still listening, let us know you're out there <laughs> before we fade away forever. Just... Into the ether. <laughs> Just kidding, Adam. Did you do any additional reading?
0: I read New Mutants number twenty-eight, which wraps up the uh, the Legion story. Hey, speaking of Legion, did you know they're making a Legion
1: television show?
0: Uh, that's been rumored for a while, um, and as well as a New Mutants one. But I, I don't. I'll believe I, it when I see it. It's that sort of thing.
1: Well, I saw on TV. I was going to post this on the. Facebook page, but I was like, I can't believe we haven't talked about this, but I was watching, I don't remember what I was watching. I was watching TV the other day, and I saw a trailer, like a TV trailer for Legion, and the the logo was L-E-G-I-O, and I think the O had the X-Men X in it, oh, okay. N, and it was, uh, you know, there was no other recognizable characters, <laughs> um, and then I looked it up on, I think, IMDb or somewhere I looked it up to see, like, oh, are we going to see, like, an Emma Frost or anything like that? And it looks like, from what I've read, it's supposed to be loosely based in the same universe as the X-Men movies. It's rumored that Patrick Stewart may make a few cameos. And, in fact, Mark Holler's father in this series is The Professor. Hmm. So, I don't know how much of that last part is true, but I definitely know that there is a a trailer, well, a teaser, a 30-second at least teaser for Legion. And it'll be airing on FX. So uh, if if that comes out, Adam, I think we might need to roll that into uh, our post-X-Men discussion stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe we won't do... To... We should definitely do the first episode. Um, I don't know if I'll have access to the whole thing. I'll have to. I'll have to see if I can get it, and and we'll figure something
1: out. Yeah. So more to come on that. But uh, if you didn't know about it, uh, well now you do. And I saw it on the TV, and I had to. I had double take. I had to do a double take So I was like, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Pretty much. Anyhow, so
0: do you remember last issue? We were kind of upset about the treatment of the Arab terrorist. Yes, maybe we should have known better. Oh, okay. So it turns out that the uh Arab, he he uh Gabriel, not Gabriel, uh and her son uh David were attacked by uh terrorists. It looks like at least one of who is Arab, but the other two might not have been. I'm not sure. Anyway, um and in self-defense, David reached out and killed them, uh, absorbing uh the the one who is now running around in his head, whose name is Jalil, I think. I don't know where it is. Um And he says for a while, he, he was really uncomfortable having to be in somebody's uh, mind. You know, it was really weird and he hated David for a while. And then he realized, um, as he started, as, as, as he started to explore David's memories, what a sweet and innocent child he was and how much he loved his mother. And he, his hatred dissolved away and he started trying to repair the damage that had been caused to David's psyche, um, By absorbing somebody through his powers. Um, So it turns out that the Jack Flack personality is uh, also not bad, but kind of uh, more antagonistic and um, trying to usurp control over, uh, David Haller. Um, so by the end of it, uh, the professor gets knocked out and Danny Moonstar kind of takes over and has the personalities work together to mend David as best as possible. And in a result, uh, the result is that we end up with a David Haller who is completely functional, uh, exists in the world, but shifts between those four personalities of himself, uh, Jack Flack, uh, Jamail is the the name of the Arab, and also the uh, the girl Cindy, who is the fourth the the pyromaniac personality. Um, and then the professor hugs his son, and they're they're, they're best friends again.
1: So we're go- well, we're maintaining that this is in fact Jack Flack. Oh, uh, uh, Jack Wayne. <laughs> no, oh, okay, okay. I just uh,
0: I I it stuck with me what you yeah, said last yeah. time, so. No, not Jack Flack. Oh, okay. Jack Wayne. Um, other stuff that happens in this is um, Magneto and the Lee Forrester. Uh, romance kind of continues. Lee is sort of upset that they, well, uh, slept together. She doesn't say that, but, uh, but they did it. M- Magneto is trying to woo her with roses and such. And she's just like, I need, I need to think, leave me alone. But he, he grabs her in midair and pulls her back to him and says, we need to talk. And she's like, are you scared of me? And she says, I, well, how how you just pulled me through the air. Of course I'm scared of you. You're, 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 you're the master of magnetism. You're a horrible terrorist. You're, you're the enemy of humankind. Leave me alone. And he's like, okay. (laughs) And then he walks away and he's like, you know magda my uh my ex was she wife uh yeah his his wife also got scared of his powers, and he reveals that uh he saved them both from a marauding patrol of secret police. But all she saw was that it, he had used superpowers to do it. In that moment, I became different. Our love meant nothing. I was no longer human. I was a mutant thing. She ran from me in terror. Now, does is that a story that we see in classic X Men, or does it get retconned so that the first time we see it is the um, when he's protecting their child or something?
1: I don't remember. <laughs> Sometimes I wish we wouldn't have read those backup stories because now I get confused with what like what we actually saw in c- canon versus right. what we saw as a retcon. Um, I don't know. We learned about Magda stuff, though, in Scarlet Witch and Vision. So I'll bet you the story was told uh, or recreated in those issues. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. But anyways, yeah. This is Although
0: not. I don't. I don't know that Magda was in any of those except as
1: well flashback.
0: Yeah, except as but never with Magneto. Never oh. a flashback with Magneto.
1: Any yeah okay. So anything we saw with him and Magneto and his daughter that was all classic X Men.
0: Okay, so the, I feel like there was a classic X Men story uh, that involves a fire that kind of retcons that thing that I just read but i don't, I don't
1: know it's kind of like the scene in x-men apocalypse where magneto's got a family that's killed but similar not, yeah but not really <laughs> anyways um other story points are that so wait a minute is are lee and magneto
0: is that done no i i think see this is I've, this is kind of weird if you're like if you're like a new mutants fan uh and you're not an x-men fan i can't imagine what you're making of this like who is this old guy who is this lady why do i care about this that's a good point So I think this is leading up to the post-200 Magneto stuff.
1: Right. Yeah, I I don't – is this Chris Claremont just – Getting this out of his system, but part
0: of me feels like this is Claremont, uh, Claremont assuming that everybody who's reading New Mutants is reading uh, X
1: Men, or vice versa—that everyone's reading. Everyone who's reading X Men is reading New Mutants,
0: right? Um But I'm wondering if doesn't Magneto at some point lead the New Mutants? Yeah, yeah. So it, it might be setting the the stage oh, for that.
1: Oh, Okay, we're getting our introduction to this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's okay. see that.
0: Um. So, the and the Hellfire Club, uh, Zach de la Roca is that his name? The the empath guy mm-hmm. who has who we know lost his powers because Emma Frost stole them when he uh, t- uh tempted her
1: Hellion um, Hellions,
0: yes, the Hellion. Well, he's he's at the Hellfire Club though, okay. Um, and he turned uh, somehow. He has I'm not sure what's really going on here, but he has a photograph of Magna and magma and sunspot, and he is representing them as gladiators. So that's going to lead into the next issue. I'm not really sure what that's all about yet. All right. Um, and then the end of the issue, the the the, uh, the professor fell unconscious inside of David's head, and when he wakes up, he is blasted. Um, well, Moira says you woke up at some point with a semi-psychotic episode and you started screaming and scratching thrashing about scared the dickens out of me i couldn't have you but it soon passed and didn't reoccur and the professor does remember it and help us all the reason for it and then by the end of the pay uh, by the end of this issue he says should i have even brought uh should I have even helped to bring David back Knowing what's going on right now The psychic force that felled me in David's mind Was my detecting the approach To our solar system Of the Beyonder Oh jeez <laughs> Sea Secret Wars 2 number 1 on
1: sale in April Oh man It's going to throw a wrench into our podcast Isn't it? Uh, not for a while <laughs> Thank God <laughs> Alright Well there you yeah. go there you go. That's all the X-Men stuff we have for you this week. Join sure us next is. week when we'll have more X-Men festivities for you. The final bits of X-Men and Alpha Flight. Right. And then uh, I think we get back to the um, standard series, right?
0: Uh, yes, we go to X-Men 194.
1: Thank God. <laughs> but not for long.
0: Ugh. I think it's two issues and then we'll have to figure out what to do about Secret Wars 2. Right. I think they happen out... We might be able to do them as backups. Hopefully. Because they're all over the place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, folks. Well, if you've got any ideas about how we should handle the cluster that is Secret Wars 2, uh, like I said, drop us a note at any of those addresses that I talked about earlier. But until next time, my name is Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the Danger Room is closed. (laughs)